Welcome to the Multiply Network Podcast, a podcast created to champion church multiplication, provide learning, and inspire new disciple-making communities across Canada. Hi there. Welcome to the Multiply Network Podcast. My name is Paul Fraser, the host of the Multiply Network Podcast, and we so appreciate you taking the time to be with us today. Uh, You could be doing a lot of other things. You know that. I know that. But you're deciding to listen to this, so we do appreciate that. We love telling Canadian church planting stories. And this month's focus is on Quebec. And we have a couple new friends to the podcast, Andrew and Vanessa Hoyes, from Australia. They've been in Canada for three years. Planted Resurgent Church three years ago. Already got a couple campuses. Church is growing. They've got lots of church planting experience. and But moving halfway across the world is significant. And we talked with them a little bit about that and their decision to come and plant in Montreal and the challenges. And you're really going to enjoy what they have to share. Their interview is coming up right now. Well, we are so excited to have uh, back-to-back podcasts Great friends from Australia, Andrew and Vanessa Hoyes. Welcome to the Multiply Network podcast. So cool to be here. Honestly, um, you know, it's great to great to be part of this. Well, good we're to be in Canada too. Yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about that. Uh, it's good to have both both of you on the pod, on the podcast today. So why don't you do uh, you know introduce yourselves? Tell us a little bit about you. Uh, your family, where you're from, and how you ended up in Canada? That's a great question. I might get Vanessa to start with that one. <laughs> so, uh, Andrew and Vanessa, we are 42, 43, Andrew, 42, me, and four gorgeous girls. So, we have a range in age from 15 right down to eight. And um, so, we've been entrusted with daughters, been in Canada three and a half years. Yeah. Arrived February 2015, coldest winter on record here in Quebec for 100 years. (laughs) A blizzard for the whole month, like literally side story. I opened up the first three days, I opened up the door to go out and get groceries. We didn't have a car for nine months. Uh, We just landed, didn't know Montreal at all, Had knew not one soul in the city. And uh, open up the door for the first three days, shut it and said, have we got enough food? Because uh, I'm going to have to go and walk out in a blizzard and get, you know, lunch and dinner. And thankfully, we had enough for three days. It was crazy. Well, sorry about that. That That is Canada weather. <laughs> we do apologize. Well, um, you apologize all the time. <laughs> and that is another thing that we do very, very well. And that's something we don't apologize for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've figured that out too. Yeah, yeah good. And so, you, so you're, you're from Australia, got a beautiful family. And all of a sudden, you show up on our radar screen in Montreal. Why don't you tell us how you ended up there? Well, that's a great story. Um uh, long story short, uh, about 13, 14 years ago, really felt the call of God to plant a church somewhere. We're in a great, healthy church called Hillsong Church in Australia. Uh, we're sort of released to go and sort of uh, see what's on our heart in regards to that. 
And so I'm a bit of a red light, green light guy. So I've always had a heart for France. Uh, my dad was part French. And so we thought maybe God was leading us there. And so we went to France and uh, really felt like every door shut on us uh, in France. Actually came back quite disappointed. And so just really waited on the Lord of uh, we were happy where we were, loved what we were doing, but just felt this God call. And um, then a, a pastor from Canada, Leon Fontaine, came and preached at the church and said how they need more churches in Canada. So I just looked at my wife and said, let's just go see what's you know happening in Canada. Sold our car. Um, we were younger then and uh, just had one child. Came to the West Coast. And when we were there, really felt like the Lord speaks to us about planting a church in another state in Australia, when we'd always felt that we'd be somewhere on the other side of the world. It was strange. I love Australia, but I personally have always felt like a foreigner in my own country and always felt God called me somewhere else. So I was hugely disappointed. Um, it was in a beach area. I like the beach, but I'm not a beach guy as such. I'm more of a city guy. And um, so we went and did that for 10 years, got the blessing of our pastor, Pastor Brian, had uh, started three campuses, church uh, well over a thousand or so um, campuses overseas. And then, but we'd always felt but died to this dream that God would call us somewhere else on the other side of the world one day. And um, 10 years on, we felt like the release of the Holy Spirit of, uh, okay, you did what you, I asked you to do. I'm going to give you your dream. And for whatever reason, Montreal fell into my heart. We had to look it up. Uh, this is going to sound ridiculous, but we thought it was in Brazil. We'd never really knew where Montreal was. <laughs> so we looked it up and it was like God had taken us from our first two trips of France and Canada and brought it together into the one place. Every statistic we, we saw was negative. Vanessa cried about that. I got excited about that. And we um, felt to offer our church back to the church that we'd planted from, which is Hillsong Church. Um, and that's now Gold Coast, Hillsong Gold Coast. And start from scratch with our kids and about nine people over the course of six months that came to help us plant. And to start again, and this would be our long term. And we are learning French and a whole bunch of other things. God's been great. And just like we really believe this is our, we're called to give our lives to changing the statistics here in Quebec. And Montreal. I, I absolutely love the fact that God drops a city in your heart, but you don't know what country it's in, but you just know you're supposed to be there. So, Vanessa, why don't you unpack for us the process you guys work through as a family? Because kids are involved in this and they're involved yeah. in planting. They're involved in moving. You're uprooting them from something they're super familiar with. I think there's a lot of planters out there that have kids that are wondering, hey, how did you process this in a healthy way? Yeah, that's awesome. It For sure, my tears were the, the heart of a mother and probably just at that immediate, like, what is the cost of this? Um, so healthy where we were, like healthy, and they built it with us. We had three kids under three when our, the church we planted hit a 1,000 people. So, like, they were growing with that over those years, you know. So um, the little ones, well, we, you know what, we also needed to just keep this really close to our heart at first. And so once we were starting to negotiate it more, 
we actually came for five days first. Andrew brought me to Montreal and God spoke to us in May. He brought us me to Montreal in July because he was smart. So he brought me in the summer to Montreal. So we came home and we decided to tell my, just my eldest because she was just um, preteen. And so that, that age, that preteen age, just about to hit high school, we just bought our dream house. You know, we were nearly 40. And so um, we just registered her for high school. So all those big, big, big deals. Yeah. We new, just, new building in our church, oh, new building our main campus, all like, of that. So we, um, we decided to talk to her. And to be honest, we trusted uh, a relationship she had with the Lord in a way where she, we said to her, we want you to pray about this. We believe God has spoken. Uh, the details are unfolding, but we'd like you involved in this process. And so she actually took a few days. And um, one night I was tucking her into bed and she just said, I believe this is what God wants us to do. Wow. So, yeah, we involved her super quick. The others were like, uh, so we're going to do this. It was more pump factor, right? Like they're little, they trust you. We're going to go. And so it's like two Dis- questions. Disney, Disney Is it way. close to Disneyland? Yes. It's close <laughs> yeah. to Disneyland. <laughs> and, and so what was the answer? What did you tell them? We don't know. Oh, yes, it's close to, closer than Australia is to Disneyland. <laughs> that is actually true, and that's a fair comment. Well done. Well played, friends. And so, and so that's such a cool story because kids are such a big part of ministry, family. And we say it over and over again, family's so important, and yet we don't involve them in any of the decision-making. Something my wife and I have done for every single one of my jobs is that, hey, Dad's thinking of making a change. What do you guys think? How is this going to impact? They ask good questions. I think involving them is wise. So uh, great, great advice. So living in Australia, post-Christian nation, obviously uh, we here in Canada, I haven't personally seen it, but a move of God is happening there. And uh, beautiful things, of course, we see all the different movements coming out of Australia and so coming to Canada now, um, what are some of the things that you learned there in Australia that are helping you here in Canada in certainly probably our most post-Christian province? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the statistics that we heard when we first were, you know, uh, being led here is that per capita more people go to church in Pakistan than they do in Quebec. And so that's huge. Um so I think Australia, seeing what God's done over the last 25 years, I got saved, uh, became a Christian uh, 25 years ago at Hillsong Church. So I've only ever been in three churches, the one that I got saved in and the two that I've pioneered and, and pastored. So uh, I've traveled a fair bit. So I, I've seen some expression, of course, around the world. But really, Pastor Brian, Pastor Phil Pringle with C3, uh, Pastor Andrew um, uh, Evans, like there has been some key, Pastor Frank, uh, Pastor Brian's father, have been some key pioneers with the movement in Australia. And of course, the many other movements that are around as well, the uh, so many healthy movements in Australia. But I think 25 years ago, what we have now in Australia, you wouldn't probably even believe that's possible. So I think for us, 
being uh, being people of faith, uh, believing, trusting God that he wants to do greater than he's ever done before. We're just sort of carrying that spirit here. And maybe at times seen as a little bit arrogant, what I call godly arrogance, but choosing to not necessarily listen to everything that's been done or can't be done here uh, with grace and a smile, saying to people that have carried the burden over the last couple of decades that we're so grateful and thankful for, but coming in with like a blank canvas going, okay, there are some things I don't actually want to know. Uh, I just want to believe God and bring that faith into here and, and see what he can do and learn along the way. So I think that Australian spirit as well, um, I, I think does help us. One of the things that uh, Ben from uh, Avant Life last month said, he said one of the things that people don't uh, know about the move of God in Australia, that a lot of New Zealanders were missionaries to Australia that helped start move. Yeah. And he, you know, he kind of brought up that there's a heart in Australia that's growing for Canada. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, you know, he even said, we need to build a highway, you know, a bridge to get Australians to come plant churches in Canada because there's a faith, there's a pioneering, there's an expectation that God is going to do something in a post-Christian context and that yeah. there's hope. And I think for the Canadian pastors and probably for those, like you mentioned in Quebec, they feel weary. They've been carrying the burden for a long time and they're tired. And so, so sometimes our past experience actually dictates what we're feeling about the future. But I just love the idea that you're bringing in that fresh perspective to, yeah. and to, and to see, you know, what God is doing there. And so you planted resurgent church. I'm curious, the name vision, what, what, what was, uh, what was tied to that? Either of you can answer that. What, What's, what's significant about Resurgent for you? Yeah, I think each time we planted a church, we've tried to get the word of the Lord around it for the name, all of those things, the connection point for it. And on my last service of my previous church, which was called Generation Church, one of what I'd call one of our apostolic oversights and friends, Pastor Steve Penny, who's from Australia, preaches around the world, has a prophetic, uh, has a prophetic teaching apostolic gift, his message on the last Sunday was the difference between a resurgence and a revival. And, um, and so we, um, I just felt like it dropped straight into my spirit, uh, resurgent. And then I went and looked at it, looked at what it meant. And then I am a website sort of guy, like domain name sort of guy. So I went and bought every domain name around it. And so just thought this is for Sorry. us. And then uh, in John 1 13 about Jesus coming grace and truth, our signature, one of our signature scriptures. So that's sort of how it came to pass. And it means a revitalization, a reawakening, a renaissance, um, and that was also the part of the history of Quebec with the Catholic Church originally was them starting a new Jerusalem, uh, a new France in Quebec, starting a renaissance of the gospel of grace. So we didn't know that at the time, and it just all fitted. That's amazing. And so tell us, why don't you tell us a little bit how the church is going? You started now, was it three years ago? Yeah, three years ago as of 20th of September. Yeah, so how's it going today? Tell us what's in your heart. Um, I know you have a, I've been following you on Instagram. You have interns that come and help you and the leadership team. Why don't you unpack a little bit of what, what's happening in your church these days? Yeah, Vanessa, why don't you share some of that? 
So we came over here, we brought uh, uh, nine, our family, six plus nine Aussies. Those Aussies found, we thought they could be up to two years with us. So some young people, as well as our revelation of some semi-retired couples that we'd always raised in the last decade, people to say, when you are in that season, you're not retiring, you're refiring for the gospel. So they all paid their way. Couples like that were incredible culture carriers, but Quebec was very tough for them because of the language barrier to work in Quebec, actually work in Quebec. And so, um, but they carried culture. We just literally did social media, Facebook kind of video uh, launch strategy, um, built a team, launched really strong. I think we had like... Um, 403 people. 403 people at our launch. And so that was amazing three years ago. We were downtown, reaching downtown, but people were driving from all across Montreal, like 4 million people. Um, you're driving through all that traffic crazy traffic here and um so we ended up at our first end of our first year deciding to actually um move and begin a second location in the suburbs so that we could reach families in the english speaking kind of pocket a million english speaking people in um, montreal and we decided to come out west and launch a morning service and then keep a downtown service in the evening uh, that was reaching hundreds of students as well as young professionals downtown. And so we did that. We've now just done our third year in the two locations. We've just gone to two morning services because that's expand expanded. And we've just started in the, in the morning and we've just started a midweek service on a Wednesday night, a little bit less of the seeker friendly type Sunday service and a little bit more for um, just the move of the Holy Spirit, teaching people here about Holy Spirit. We call them revive nights and um, teach into that, pray over people, see baptism of the Holy Spirit. And we just knew it was something we wanted to do um, more significantly. And we run training courses on that same night where our intern program is as well. So, you know, fantastic. You know, just to in a three-year window, I'm sure God surprises you all yeah. the time with the blessing and the growth, and you take the step of faith, and he's he you know, brings the right leaders with you, and so, you know, over and over, I hear from church planters the the faithfulness of God bringing the right people at the right time. Um, so there's lots. I got lots of questions, but the one that I want to jump in on because I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Um. We we tend to want to have our Sunday gatherings to be, you know, very guest friendly, which I think is brilliant. I think it's absolutely brilliant. But we don't create other spaces for people to take the next step. You know, you talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, uh, places for gifts to be developed and released. Kind of talk a little bit about what led you to the Wednesday night service. How did that kind of birth in your heart? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, for us, we there's so much you can't do on a Sunday. One, because of time. Two, because, you know, these people turn up trusting you every week. And we want to keep a consistency that people know every week uh, without just, you know, some tweaking and some creativity. They know pretty much every week what they're going to get. 
so they're not sort of, uh, you know, something happens and they're embarrassed if they bring, you know, their next door neighbor. So we're very strategic in that, but there's so much we can't cover because of that. And so like we're doing a series on heaven in November in our church, which we want to give people a theology, for want of a better word, but creatively showing how great, you know, the promise of heaven is. But with heaven, you've sort of got to teach on hell as well. And I just don't think people would bring their friends that aren't Christ followers to a message on hell necessarily. So what we've created is this midweek space to uh, be able to have the expression of the Holy Spirit, Pentecost, all of the great gifts of the Spirit um, in a safe environment that anyone could come to, but we'd encourage people to for, you know, uh, warn them and teach them what it's about and then teach them on some of the heavier topics, some of the things that I think aren't necessarily appropriate for a Sunday for the way we do things anyway, and then be able to uh, uh, sort of with the gifts of the spirit, you know, what we call our upper room. So Sundays for us is like a lounge room where you can bring anybody. It's a party. Everyone's uh, feeling comfortable, great music, but the upper room is a bit more intimate. And so we're just creating the two different spaces for that, as well as our discipleship and training and, and programs on uh, what we call like our, our growth journey at uh, resurgent. I love it. And one of the things that I've been tracking as a fellowship, and of course you guys are new to the Pentecostal assemblies of Canada. Um, but as I've been tracking the last 15, 20 years of data that's coming in, we've seen a significant decrease in salvations being reported um, from our churches and with that, we're also seeing less baptisms of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And they're tracking almost identical. As, yeah. as they decrease in uh, conversions, as we decrease in conversions, we're also decreasing in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And it's, so, of course, we don't want to just center on one theological point. There's so many things to the Holy Spirit that, that's just beyond that one you know, experience. But it tells me that that you're, you've identified it correctly. I don't think we can do a lot of we, – we can't do everything on Sunday. So where are those other spaces for church planters to allow people to take the next level, next step, next whatever you want to call it in their journey in discipleship to understand that there is power that gets released for witness? Yeah. It's tough to do that on Sunday mornings. Yeah, go ahead, Vanessa. I was just going to add to that. We came, we turned up and we, um, you know, you teach what kind of church you are and we pretty quickly connected to the PAOC, but like people didn't even know like what that word necessarily meant. And so <laughs> I remember doing our, one of our launch team, like these are people that are going to launch with us on volunteer on team, but new to us. Come on, like, come on, let's like stir up the spirit. This is just in a team meeting. Come on, we're Pentecostals. Well, you should have seen the looks I got, like the, even from team, right? Like there's two swear words we've discovered here in Quebec, Pentecostal and prosperity. They are the two swear words that like people freak out at when you even say it. And so we realized, man, okay, how far back are we starting from this thing? And so then we did, we had to start to teach into it, teach what is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. So now, like like last night, maybe 20 people were on the altar to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. The week wow. before, like 28 people 
were being baptized. And I agree, it entirely equates to soul winning because the boldness and the passion, it's not selfish. It's all about outreach, you know? So, yeah, it's really, we're seeing immediate fruit in it. But can I make one correction? It was a year in that you did that. Oh, yeah. So that's why we were shocked because people looked at us and went, are we Pentecostals? (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) wow. Uh, Now, (laughs) it it uh, helped us to realize, okay, we're going to have to really teach into this and labor this in the right places, you know, at the right times. Because you cut us, we're total Pentecostals. But... We also looking at scripture, Jesus wasn't weird. And I think people equate Pentecostal to weird. And so we wanted to reframe that. Jesus was a life of the party and um, we can have power without weirdness, but we just had to prosperity and uh, Pentecost, which is probably the, you know, what we really believe for people's lives. We had to reframe and re-represent on on how that works scripturally. Yeah. It doesn't have to be divisive right? It doesn't have to be a divisive thing where we say, well, yeah, you're either in or you're out. We have to have journey thinking. And I think, to be honest with you, a lot of it is just we have to teach on it. Teach in a really healthy way, a clear way, an authentic way. And I don't think people are going to be, people are going to get weirded out by that. Yeah, but there's some things about it that, that just, there's some things in scripture that are just weird. And, and they're supernatural and they're not, I always tell people, look, if you want to experience the Holy spirit, you got to be willing to experience more than you can explain. And if, and if you can't do that, you've got a very, very small God. And so, uh, you know, sorry to just zero in on this, but it's just, I'm, I'm, I get energized by this because I think there's a direct correlation to the empowerment of the spirit and the boldness to witness. And we're seeing our numbers, decrease and i'm just wondering hey maybe we need to get back to some of our roots some of the things we were pioneered and some of our dna and not be weird about it but to teach in a way and it's refreshing for me to hear that it's happening in a church plant that's very guest friendly on sunday mornings but people still have the opportunity to encounter the holy spirit so i just want to honor you for that thanks for doing that thank you i it's it's who we are. And uh, I think um, we're giving people a disservice if we give them the gospel without the power. It's giving them right. Jesus without the Holy Spirit and teaching them the Holy Spirit isn't the weird uncle or the spooky uncle. He, the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, it's so important for us to have a revelation on that and to see them as, you know, three persons right. that, um, uh, that we get to, to have relationship with. So... That's been a mission of ours. Well, I just want to encourage you, keep going. You know, keep going, keep doing it. Yeah, Vanessa, go ahead. One, uh, the extreme of that is that people think when you don't move in all those ex, um, those overt gifts on a Sunday, the, the really, that extreme judgment is, oh, we're not seeing the spirit move on a Sunday because you're not doing it on a Sunday we say the greatest move of the Holy Spirit is when a soul is saved. Amen. That is only the work of the Holy Spirit. Biggest so miracle. don't ever say Holy Spirit is not evident in our services right. when every week people get saved. It's, so there's it, the two extremes of, you know, the judgment of that as well. So, yeah, it's, it is the power. 
we can't draw anyone to Jesus. We can't, we can't convince. It's the, it's the spirit at work that draws a soul uh, to salvation. And well said. Thank you for doing that. Want to uh, ask you a couple more questions. Some of the things maybe you've noticed about Quebec and some of the things that maybe have surprised you about planting in Quebec and maybe some of the challenges you've found. You've mentioned some already, but are there others that have popped up for you? And, uh, yeah, so what are some of the things that have surprised you and uh, encouraged you? Those types of things. Yeah, uh, there's been so much that surprised us, both um, both uh, super positive and other things that just weren't a part of our context culturally. Um, one of them was that their main swear words are Catholic terms. <laughs> so we actually did a whole series on this one month and went through every word, uh, being wise about it, but explaining what it means because most Quebecers don't even know what the swear words mean. And so the worst one, which I won't actually say it, but means the tabernacle. And so helping them to understand it means God with us, that every time someone uses that, you can have an opportunity to go, do you know what, you know, in a cool way, do you know what that means? Uh, most of them don't even realize that. And so I suppose one of the challenges for us is they, they hate religion here. I actually think they're super open to Jesus but they hate religion. So, but they're Catholic, but they're not Catholic. So we're not here to beat up on anybody, but they'll talk about how much they hate church. But if you were to say, oh yeah, I don't like Catholics, all of a sudden they're Catholic. So there's this identity thing. And same with the French, we're French, but we're not French. And so for me as we're an Canadian, outsider, but we're not Canadian. yeah, we're Quebecois, we're Canadian, but we're not, we are. And so just working with the dynamics with a melting pot multiculturally in Montreal, uh, people from all over the world, French speaking, Spanish speaking, English, and so on, working the nuances of the culture that is actually changing, but also is so beautiful with its roots of, you know, what has happened here in, uh, in this uh, province. It's, we've really had to become great learners to not just come in and be hoo-ha, we're from Australia. We're going to change the world. We want to change the world for Jesus. We want to bring something fresh, but we also want to have a big listening ear and understand the culture so that we can reach the culture. I think that's been a challenging and exciting all at the same time for us. And how have your kids adapted to the culture? Difference there? Uh, well, to speak into uh, that, even that taking them on the journey, that has been the hardest part for sure, of our journey here yeah. is you are um, you you can do something with these young babies in tow, no worries. So you just don't sleep when they're young, but when they're older to plant a church, you the emotional reserve and the spiritual like you know that what you're carrying for them, the language and okay, so we had to protect our children every time we met we meet still three years on someone. That sees our family, why would you move from Australia to Quebec? Like you are protect, you have to literally say immediately out of your mouth, why wouldn't we? Like, why wouldn't we do this? Because your kids are hearing like, you're crazy. You're stupid. You're like, why would you be here? 
you know and so but so you've got it you are guarding constantly the negativity and then then you've got them in like a smaller world and so to be honest like the smallness of the youth ministry that's small everything's starting you're having to teach them how to carry and not complain about but I had this I don't have this then you're dealing with their friendships their emotions their you know their spiritual formation that's happening and you're discipling them they are you were discipling them in the process and you're trusting God if you called us to this then you called our whole family to this but we are going to not ignore that this is a journey we're all on together and I love the fact that you're not ignoring that it's difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I would say like planning this church has been the hardest thing we've ever done, but the greatest thing we've ever done uh, in respect to ministry. But the, it pales into insignificance, the challenge of readjusting our family, right. learning French. They're all in French school. Uh, one's just transitioned to an English school, but we started them all in French school. I was the dad that like ripped the bandaid off and just said, okay, the younger they are, you know, the, the better it's going to be. And then walking them through that. And I still stand by my decision with that, but the oldest two being almost teenagers when we arrived, that has been a challenge learning French. I'm learning French as well. I'm finding, I just finished my MBA uh, recently and that was a walk in the park to learning French for me. <laughs> so it is a challenge but we do trust God in it and believe God's going to give them a new understanding of faith even through it. But we, uh, we've made a decision to be so available to always uh, put their needs first, to be able to readjust things in ministry for them when necessary and to never make them feel like they um, are a distraction for us. And bringing them along in the journey, sharing some of your you know, obviously you want to guard them, but sharing some of the, hey, this is what's been difficult for us too. I think it's all wise uh, to really keep the communication lines open. Love the fact that you're putting time as one of the, you know, one of the values for you. We're just going to spend time. Very, very well yeah. said, very well thought out. You've got um, to invest. Like right now, it's a little bit of therapy, dealing with anxiety, stress, you know, like it's like you've got to give this stuff that's real for them the time. But at the same time, build what you're building because you're building it for them. Like, so that's the thing. Like you can't draw back from what you're building or co-laboring with God to build because it's about them. Like this is for their future as well. And so it's that constant wrestling out and of bringing them on the journey and involving them without the pressure that they've got to do everything as pioneers, you know, what they're modeling. It's kind of ministry stuff, but you just add layers because you're pioneering from scratch. But, but if I can also say, you also celebrate the wins with them. Yeah. Right. So it's like, look what we're a part of. Look what Jesus has done for us personally, for the church. Uh, I think those things so matter with them. And let's be honest, as a pioneer pastor, unless things just explode overnight, you have more time in certain areas. You're the master of your own destiny if you're boundary. So I can be around home at certain times more with pioneering a church than, you know, in my church, you know, 10 years on that it was before. Right. Even, and I still boundary then, but 
I'm, a, I'm able to be around for the really significant things that maybe I wouldn't have been able to in the last season. And they really see that as well. And so I think it's a special dispensation on the season if you, if you see it like that. Yeah, encourage your kids to focus on what, they've, what they have and not what they're missing out on. We've always done that with our kids. And they've loved ministry as a result. Yeah. Has it always been easy? No. But you, you just, they never hear us complain, never hear us like talk about other pastors or churches or leaders. And obviously we're not perfect. We make mistakes, but, but yeah, celebrating the wins with them is a huge deal. Why don't you give us, we're just finishing up the podcast here. Why don't you give us each of you, maybe your one minute Convince somebody out there to church plant. Yeah, like just you're, you've got, it's a sale. You're trying to sell them on church planting and uh, you each get a minute, you know, just to just to talk with Canada about church planting. Okay, well, personally, I, there is no greater mission work than planting a church. You do not need to go overseas to fulfill the call of God on your life. What is happening in this nation? People are hungry. People are ready. The the fresh thing that you can do as a church planter cannot be done in any other context than planting into a new community or a new city. There is something that is so powerful about it where you literally are fulfilling the great commission. You do it with incredible wisdom, voices into your life. Don't ever do it alone. Don't ever do it um, out of the right time, but also there is no perfect time. So those that are feeling stirred, you are part of an incredible movement. Don't ever do it, not part of something and not part of a movement. And But when you do, just watch the grace of God all over it. And if you don't, there could be people that would not hear the gospel if you don't. Okay, I'm planting a church. Andrew, your shot. <laughs> of course, uh, not everyone's called to plant a church, but when God calls you to plant a church, I think it's the greatest adventure that you could ever be on. You get to put a dent, you know, in the universe. You get to to start something, be a part of something. Uh, it, you, you pay a price, but the reward is uh, you can't get it anywhere else in this capacity. So be a part of something from the ground up, uh, to see people rise into leadership and calling and to really change the trajectory of a city and the mindset and the spiritual climate. And just to be able to go, I, I'm in this. I've been part of this. I've broken ground here. I've got some blood in the soil here. Um, I'm sorry. I, like, I just can't think of anything better to be a part of. But I love church planting. So I think it is just the best thing when you're called to it, you could ever do. I wish the I wish our podcast listeners could see the smiles on your faces right now. <laughs> like they are smi- folks, they are smiling ear to ear, like giddy about what they get to do. And uh yeah. Do you want to say something else, Vanessa? We're um, in process of uh, looking at forming um, a title for a book on it. And I think we're going to call it Crazy or Cold or a Little Bit of Both, The Adventure (laughs) of Church Planting. In Canada. In Canada. In Canada. Guys, so appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedules to be with us. I know our podcast listeners are going to be blessed. Keep going. Thanks for being a part of this. And we'll definitely connect in the future.
Thanks so much for having us. Honestly, it is a blessing to be in Canada. Uh, it's a, the best, the best country. And the best truly is yet ahead of it. And we're just uh, so grateful to be a part of its future. Thanks so much for having us. Yeah, we believe that too. Thanks so much. Thank you.